The film basement is filmed in sunny West Hartford, Connecticut, in front of a live studio audience. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Filmmaker's Basement. I'm Brandon Gasparino. I'm Andrew. And we're going to be looking into some of the movies we saw this week, in addition to playing a little bit, a little game show later on. And to start off, the movie I went and saw this week was Candyman. For as long as residents can remember, the housing projects of Chicago's Cabrini-Green neighborhood have been terrorized by a word-of-mouth ghost story about a supernatural killer with a hook for a hand, easily summoned by those daring to repeat his name five times into a mirror. In present day, a decade after the Cabrini Towers were torn down, visual artist Anthony McCoy and his partner, gallery director Brianna Cartwright, move into a luxury loft condo in Cabrini, now gentrified beyond recognition and inhabited by upwardly mobile millennials. With Anthony's, Anthony's painting career on the brink of stalling, a chance encounter with a Cabrini Green old-timer exposes Anthony to the tragically horrific nature of the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to maintain his status in the Chicago art world, Anthony begins to explore these macabre details in his studio as a fresh grist for paintings. Unknowingly opening a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence that puts him on a collision course with his destiny. So this movie was kind of weird for me. <laughs> Because I went in expecting, like, a straight-up horror movie. Like, because the trailer makes it seem like that. With jump scares left and right. People, like, running away from this terrifying candy man. And what I got was a movie that felt a lot more personal and a lot more meaningful than I was expecting. And this is going to transition to how I kind of feel about the movie. Which is that it's a movie I can't really recommend to anyone. Like, I can't recommend you go out and see it. But I still think you should see it, if that makes sense. And I'll mm. dive into what I mean by that in a bit. So at its base, um, Candyman kind of feels like a story about the commodification of black stories for white audiences. And what I mean by that is, so we're exposed to the story of the Candyman. Essentially, he's this guy who went around slaying people in like the 60s and then was inevitably shot and killed by police officers during that time. Later on, the story is kind of used as the starting point for the movie. So this uh, painter, he comes in, he's like, he doesn't have any fresh ideas for what he should be doing with his art. A lot of his art in the past was based off of black stories and like telling those stories for a wider audience. But to a degree, it feels a little bit fake, if that makes sense. Where it's like, he's just doing this because he knows the people who are looking to buy his paintings will want to see this kind of art. And so, um, on the verge of, like, his next big gallery, he's looking for a story to tell, and he's got nothing. Like, he literally has nothing. He's trying to, like, we get a scene where he's trying to pitch, like, all these weird ideas he has to this art dealer. And this dealer's like, no, not really. Like, I'm not really interested in that. This doesn't seem like something that'd be up my regard. Then when that artist turns to, well, I want to tell a story about the projects that used to be here, and specifically this urban legend that was spawning from the time, the dealer's like, oh my god, yes, that's perfect. I love that. That sounds like the exact kind of thing we'd go for. And then that follows into um, our artist character learning about like the Candyman story and how like he's inevitably connected to it. But it all it all keeps coming back to he's keeps he's telling the story primarily for a white audience. Like if you go hmm. When we go, there's a couple art exhibits that happen during this movie that primarily feature black artists and like their creations and stuff. But wherever we're there, the only people that are around viewing this art are white art dealers, essentially. It's like, no, no, like, and they're not taking anything from this art itself. Like, these are people who are just there to be like, oh, that's really neat. Or like, 
at one point we get this girl who shows up in the middle of one of these art expositions. She's like a high schooler who is connected to the plot later on. But she's coming in here and like she just doesn't get she just does not care about anything that's going on. Like she's like, ugh, I'm here for like this project. Like I don't really care about being here. Can we just leave? And it's like, wow, that's huh. It's a really interesting vibe to bring up out of nowhere. Um additionally, it's like how do I put this? It focuses on how these stories tend to be kind of whitewashed in another mm. way. Another part of the story is that in addition to the Candyman story from the 60s, there was this other story about this woman named Helen. She was this white woman who was also interested in these Candyman killings, went out to try to like explore this in the Cabrini projects, and ended up kind of getting involved in the story herself. She became, how did they put it, like possessed by the Candyman and went around like killing people. She killed like a Rottweiler or something like that, was bathing in its blood, trying to sacrifice a kid in this huge pyre to like the candy man himself and then you find out later on the story that's not what happened at all and it was retold primarily for white audiences so that kind of dives into this reason why i'm like i can't really recommend the movie to anyone it's because it's about this like very complex issue and it's not mm. like you're going to come into this for like a lot of jump scares or anything like that that was actually something i was surprised about because the trailer really hypes up like there's these like jump scares like it's a very scary movie and it's not it's just like a very kind of deep like thinky movie about how black stories are kind of told in a culture that's primarily white. Hmm. Additionally, we get like a lot more examples of this in the movie itself. Um, the main character is a really good example of this, actually. Um, he's again, he's this black artist who's trying to tell black stories for a white audience, but he's also very detached to it. And he comes off as like very white. And what I mean by that is in, in like the horror movie context, he takes the place of like, the bold and brash white character like the guy like the football character for essentially in like a horror movie mm. or no what's a better way of putting it he's like the teenager in a horror movie that's like obsessed with football making out all that kind of stuff and will dive into danger at the first instance of like mm -hmm. anything going the job yeah exactly he fills that void out and the way we see this initially is like in his obsession with the candy man he is initially like i'm gonna summon this dude and see what happens to like kind of play with the urban legend and his girlfriend's brother who is also there is like absolutely not that is what white people do black people don't summon demons that's not what happens at all and it's this good little piece of commentary that happens in the movie that points out like yeah this is really ridiculous like this wouldn't be like how this how this would generally play out like mm. it's a white person thing to kind of do something stupid like that and inevitably he does summon the candy man through his actions but that also connects him deeper into the story because as we find out this person who seems again very white isn't and he's has this whole past he doesn't know about but because like he's this millennial living in a gentrified neighborhood he has no way of finding out that about that part of himself like hmm. it got shut out in exchange for him being white and like kind of integrating himself into this community so with all that out of the way i will say it, I, it's a jordan peele movie it's very good. Like, he did an excellent job with it. Like, he's done with his other movies, Get Out, and I can't remember what the other one was before that. Um, I think uh, it was us. us. Yes, it was Us. And it's still, again, like I've been saying, it has that vibe, like, of heavy social commentary mixed in with horror. But it's not as, like, openly entertaining as the last two. It definitely makes you want to think about the movie you're watching mm -hmm. and why it's being told. Hmm. So... 
again, it's Jordan Peele, very well shot. The story's very good, but like I said, I can't really recommend it because it's not a like an entertaining style movie. Well, it sounds not like something I probably won't watch anyway. No, that that's entirely <laughs> fair. It is a lot to go into, but I didn't really see uh, us or mm-hmm. Get Out either. Even though I've I've I know mm-hmm. Get Out was really good, and so was Us. I was just kind of like. Mm. Those ones have no. much different vibes. I'm also not big on horror, so and that's also very fair. Yeah, yeah. If you're a horror, if you're not a horror person, I probably wouldn't see mm-hmm. this because while there aren't a lot of like super scary moments, they're definitely in the movie. And mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of that, you should watch out for those. So yeah, um, like I said in the beginning, I can't really recommend this movie to a lot of people because. It's not. It doesn't feel like a really entertaining movie, if that makes sense. Like you, you're not gonna go into. It's not like a popcorn movie. You're going into watching mm-hmm. it. But I will say, if you want to like, not quite educate yourself, but get like a different point perspective mm-hmm. on this kind of story, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um. So, I kind of went in a different route, and I finally saw a, a movie that came out this week because the last three movies that we've talked about together going from last episode and then the first part of this episode are movies that are a little new uh, a little older that have been out for a little bit so i went and saw or i saw at home because it was on hbo max um uh cry macho so it's clint eastwood acted clint eastwood directed it's i can't really say much anything else about it uh it's a one-time rodeo star and washed up horse breeder in 1978 takes a job from an ex-boss to bring the man's young son home and away from his alcoholic mum. crossing rural mexico on their way back to texas the unlikely pair faces an unexpectedly challenging journey during which the world-weary horseman may find his own sense of redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man this Clint Eastwood needs to stop making movies because like wow, I was not expecting this, that this this movie was all over the place and I hadn't seen a Clint Eastwood movie in a while um he's had two movies come out um I should say this Clint Eastwood needs to stop making and being in the movies like if he wants to make the movies then make the movie but like put someone else in the like the, stop stop you're not a you're 91 years old stop being a cowboy on tv and and movies man like this movie jumps from one spot to the next in like the first 15 minutes of the movie the first 15 minutes of the movie here's basically what happens in the first 15 minutes of the movie he goes to work and he gets fired from his boss the movie then cuts to one year later (laughs) like that's within the first five minutes uh, the movie then cuts to one year later and his boss is in his house or his ex boss is in his house and he's talking to Clint Eastwood about his son who has been in Mexico and he can't go back to Mexico. So he asks him, Hey, I need you to go down to Mexico and get my son. And he's like, I'm not going to kidnap some kid in Mexico. And he's like, you owe me after everything that happened to you with your wife and your kid and with, you know, your injury uh when he was in the rodeo and he's like fine yeah i guess you're right like i do owe you so like it was a complete like 180 like i'm not doing this and then he's like you owe me and he's like 
damn you right so like he, he was like and then so like he gets in his truck and drives to mexico and then he gets to mexico and he sees this huge house that he's given this address mind you this is the first 15 minutes of the movie so he drives to mexico crosses the border and then he gets to this house and it's this really nice house he it's this really swanky party that he's gonna essentially crash and also he's a cowboy from texas so he's wearing jeans and like this like rugged jacket and a cowboy hat totally like out of place so like he gets spotted immediately by the these bodyguards for this party and so these bodyguards bring him to the this other room where nobody's in there and then here comes this guy's ex-wife who is the mother of this kid and was just like uh uh if you want to find my kid you know you're gonna have to find him on your own because he's not here he's probably over at the cockfights or something he ran away like he's 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 a monster he's a degenerate blah, 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 blah. and this kid's like 13 like so like he so and then wow. he's just and then she's like uh saying all these things like he's my property like he can't have him like the this the ex-husband or whatever I gotta, I gotta ask you. So I'm a little curious about this because you mentioned uh, earlier Clint Eastwood has to stop acting. Was he particularly bad in this movie? Yeah, no, it wasn't like, great. Like how bad? So, so there's, there's, so when they're in this little village, right? They go to this uh, restaurant or this cafe, and there is this, you know, I would say, well, the I looked up the actress age, so I will tell you, it's 51. So there's this 50 year old woman there, and she, um. You know the the police like come into the town so they duck into this little cafe and she like turns the open sign to closed and like she you know basically like no i'll i'll feed you you can hide out here and whatever and then so like <laughs> they eat like lunch at this cafe for, with this woman and then like clint eastwood's like i'm gonna take a siesta and the, i'm fairly confident that that wasn't a scripted line and he just wanted to take a nap because uh he looked tired oh um goodness. and then and then there's just this awkwardness between him and this lady and i mentioned clint eastwood 91 this uh this woman who we find out is a widow and has uh and her son-in-law and her daughter died as well from illness so she's got four grandkids she's taking care of like four granddaughters that she's taking care of and there's this awkward sexual tension between clint eastwood and this woman so it's like picture you <laughs> picture your granddad hitting a going to a bar and hitting on someone who is like your mom's age <laughs> like it's a very it's like it's i'm just like can we can can this 90 year old man stop hitting on this woman who like is old enough to be my mom like yeah it's like oh stop make or make the woman older like like bring in an old an older woman like so it, it makes sense or do it or just clint eastwood hire like hire a different guy like just yeah hire a different actor who can play the role you just need a white cowboy i could think of dozens of like 50 year old white men that could <laughs> pretend to be cowboys for mm -hmm. an hour and a half so and, oh also mm -hmm. the movie is half in spanish and there's no subtitles huh so like there are points where there are subtitles in the movie when they're speaking mm -hmm. spanish but there are a lot of points where there is no subtitles and the only contextual clues that you get is from the kid who's the 13 year old kid that was with clint eastwood he vaguely translates for clint eastwood 
like mm-hmm. in the movie. So like, so like, shit. like I mean, half the half, like, so they're speaking yeah. Spanish, and and then you just hear Clint Eastwood go, "What did he say?" And then like the kid like translates, and you're just like, "Oh, basically this is what happened." Then he was just like, "Oh, okay." I mean, it's, that doesn't sound like the worst directorial choice, honestly. Like it kind of puts you in Clint Eastwood's shoes. But like you were no, saying before, yeah. this movie sounds like such a mess that it doesn't exactly <sighs> benefit the plot no. itself. Like no. if it, if that were a plot device and there was no like subtitles throughout the movie i could see that but like oh if without the subtitles you're just like what it's hard when the kid's not around because when the kid's Mm -hmm. not around and they're speaking spanish they have the subtitles um because there's there's points where the kid's not around and then you know Mm -hmm. you hear people speaking spanish and then you like you're also if there's no subtitles you're like well i don't know what's going on like (laughs) so like (laughs) i feel like that could almost be an interesting thing to go through like you're putting you Clint say Eastwood's that now shoes, and it sounds like... it sounds like a it sounds like yeah um a, mm-hmm. a plot device that they may have yeah used. like and it's it sounds and, like what you they... say you from because i didn't go mm-hmm. to film school so like yeah and you went to film school so like you giving me a different perspective of oh that's just like that could be like a plot device mm-hmm. like you there you're putting the audience in Clint Eastwood's shoes and i was like oh that okay that makes a lot more sense yes but then you said they had subtitles later on, so that's why I'm like, oh, this doesn't oh, make earlier, any sense. Yeah, earlier what? and later on. Like, when the kid's not around to translate, mm. there are subtitles. And, and that, even when he is around, there are some subtitles as well. And that, for me, takes all the, like, all the fun out of it immediately. And I'm yeah. just like, what's even the point? Like, yeah. you, you were trying to set something up. It clearly seemed like that. And then you immediately threw it away. No, yeah. If you just... Huh. If you had no subtitles throughout the whole movie and then i mean you can't really have clint eastwood every five minutes going what did he say like mm-hmm. or what did she say but there's but ways so around like that. there's ways around it yeah or like you know you could have uh context clues or, or yeah. something else but yeah i don't know you like, can use was... like like my my thought immediately is like and body then... language can t- body language can tell a lot of stories like let's say clint eastwood listening to two people talk suddenly a dude behind them like reaches for his gun you're like oh something's about to go down that makes sense but they didn't do that by the sound of things okay it's f- it's free on hbo max if you have hbo max just uh, if you watch it it's like an hour and 40 minutes mm-hmm. and it's it's like uh, it's it's slow it's a clint eastwood movie it's slow it's a little boring at times it's it's not an action movie it's it's a western like westerns aren't action movies anymore and westerns weren't really action movies to begin with anyway so like they you know they're they're slow they're you know being about a cowboy like the the most exciting part of the movie was them trying to tame wild horses uh and that was one of clint eastwood's jobs when he was in that little town when he was trying to repair his car was he was taming he these this this guy had had all these horses and he's like oh yeah i can't can't train them because they're wild you know they don't like want to be trained and clint eastwood was like oh we can fix that like and so like so like he trained wild horses for this guy and got paid got paid and that's how that's how he got the i'm good with animals thing when people would bring them their pets <laughs> so like it was just like it was weird. So, like it was a, so yeah. would you say you were? So would you recommend this movie to people, or would you just That's say I'm it's saying. not worth I'm it? Sa- I'm, I'm, I'm saying if it's go, if it's free to watch, you can watch it. Like it's a Clint Eastwood uh-huh. movie. Everyone likes a Clint Eastwood movie. I'm not saying go to the movie theater and spend fifteen dollars to go watch this movie, uh, even though it was third in in the United States this weekend uh, in box box office sales uh, behind. 
Um, I think. Well, I th I know Shang Chi was one. Probably. And I don't I don't know what two was, but I mean this was the big movie of this weekend. Um, like this was the number one movie of the weekend. It was Cry Macho, and um, it it did third, <laughs> like <laughs> behind movies that are already out. <laughs> so. Yeah, let's get to everyone's favorite segment after we've discussed how we both were completely surprised by our two other movies, Pilot Wings. Okay, so, Andrew, you've played this game a couple times at this point, but for anyone who hasn't, Pilot Wings is a game show where I give Poolin three potential show loglines. One of them is fake, two of them are real. He has to guess which is the fake one that I wrote and made up. And to start it all off, it's every woman for herself on the country's most popular interior design game show. However, when one of their fellow contestants goes missing, these tough ladies are going to have to band together and show the American viewing audience what they're made of. Two. Based on the Israeli series created by Asiya Zar, the drama tells the story of an unlikely romance between a blue-collar baker and an international superstar. Theirs is a relationship that not only upends their own lives, but the lives of their two very different families. And three. What if the Bermuda Triangle was not a watery grave in the middle of the ocean, but a land lost in time that has trapped travelers over the course of human history? When a family is shipwrecked on this strange island, they must band together with a group of like-minded inhabitants from throughout history to survive and somehow find a way home. Now, I want you to keep in mind, I did something a little bit tricky this week. Mm. Of the two real shows, one of them didn't get made. Didn't get made. It was passed over. So... It was an official pilot that was being circulated around, but no one actually ordered it to series. So just keep that in mind. Oh God. Okay. So one of them is in a one, two. Two of them are real pilots that were yes. that were brought to. Um, brought to near. Brought to a network. Yes. And one of them is obviously fake. Um, one of them that didn't get made at all, and the other one did. Yes, but two of them um, were actual like they were pitch right. shows that were yeah. did not get one of them just one of them just didn't get picked up one of them exactly got up. I wanted to be true. Um, ooh, let's see. None of these sound like official uh, cable shows. Mm -hmm. Like it definitely sounds like a Lifetime show or an ABC Family show. Or even a CW show, because that really messed me up the last, the first time we did this. Because <laughs> I said that, and it was a CW show. <laughs> or a movie, TV movie. Yes. Um, so, I want to say C is definitely the one that was pitched, but didn't get picked up. Because that sounds a lot like some other shows. Like mm -hmm. uh, Manifest. Uh, like Lost. Uh, like... Uh, you know different other you know lost at sea kind of shows okay. uh, sh uh what's that usa show shipwrecked or, or what it was uh, called yeah. it was the the navy show that they did I think you're shipwrecked. um something like that uh uh so i'm gonna say c is real but didn't get picked up at all mm -hmm. um that leaves me with uh a and b and and b sounds i mean it says it's based on a different show from a different part of the globe which sounds like it could 
you know, be, you know, they did the office UK and then they did the office US. Um, and that one definitely sounds a lot like, like a lifetime show. So I'm going to say that that one is the show that got picked up and made. And then a is your fake one. Okay. Are you locking these in? Locking that in a fake B show that was made C show that was pitched, but not made. You nailed it on all of them. Yeah, yeah I gotta get go. I gotta get better with making log lines. My yeah. last three have been like the exact same style. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get better with that. So yes, A was the fake one. B was the one that was picked up. Um, it's called The Baker and the Beauty. I think it only got a season. And what? Uh, and, and what was it on? Um, I want to say it was like a CBS show, or something was like it that. Really? Might have been. I you might have double checked me on that. Um, and the last one I didn't have a, I didn't have a title for because it was the one that was just passed over, but it was real. Okay. Well, hopefully you had some fun playing along at home. And now that we've got pilot wings out of the way again, let's move on to, uh, some of the trailers that are coming out this week. And, uh, if we thought last week had slim pickings, oh boy, this week is even worse. Mm-hmm. There is like nothing coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Besides one movie, which I'm kind of interested in. The only one... And we talked about it last week. The only one that looks like might have some promise. And I mm-hmm. saw a trailer for it when I went and saw Free Guy. Mm-hmm. It's a movie called Dear Evan Hansen. Um, mm-hmm. It's a musical drama. It's a film adaptation of the Tony and Grammy award-winning musical about Evan Hansen, a high school senior with social anxiety disorder, and his journey of self-discovery and acceptance following the suicide of a fellow classmate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the only one that's like... I mean, I'm not going to go see it, but it's yeah. like the only one on this list that's like, maybe. like <laughs> I'm a little bit interested in I'm Your Man. That sounds like something up my alley. So in order mm-hmm. to obtain research funds for her study, a scientist accepts an offer to participate in an extraordinary experiment. For three weeks, she has to live with a humanoid robot created to make her happy. That sounds oh. kind of unique to me. I don't know. So the poster does not make it look like a science fiction movie no like the poster mm -hmm. of this it looks like a romantic like drama a romantic you know Mm -hmm. just a a chick flick if you will yeah so like but then you read the you read the synopsis and you're just like humanoid robot like this has got some some yeah and so like it's a comedy too it looks like yeah it sounds funny like i love i love this as a concept this sounds fantastic so i'm like Mm -hmm. I could be interested in seeing this. Like, this seems like something I would love. It's got a cool, cool premise. Like that. Um, oh, what was that movie that came out a couple years ago about a guy living on an island with uh, robots? I can't remember what it's called. Um, no idea. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I gotta look. It's this also up. got an actress in it who I've never heard of and doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. Like, her profile doesn't have a picture on it. And, like, there is, like, no movie movies on here. Like, the most, the majority of her movies, I think, are fr- are are German. Ex Machina. That was the movie I was thinking of. Oh, that movie is terrible. Oh, I love that movie. That movie is fantastic. <laughs> That's my kind of stuff. And if it, I don't know. I'm Your Man. This kind of reminds me of that. So, I'm like, I could watch that. I'd be down for that. Alrighty, everyone. Well, on that note... Uh, thank you all for watching and listening to our podcast. Um, Andrew, do you have, I've, we've been forgetting to do this. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, so we haven't done it in a while. That's why I haven't really plugged it. My mm-hmm. co-host. So I host and uh, produce a podcast called Sports and Nonsense. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, um, we talk about sports and we talk about 
random stuff. We mainly talk about sports. We're right at the beginning of the NFL season, so and my uh, co-host started a new job and had to give up his company computer, so he hasn't had a computer in the last couple weeks, but he finally got a new computer for his new job. And he finally got Zoom downloaded because he couldn't download it before. He had to get an IT guy to, to unlock it for him. So next week, we'll be doing the podcast again. And we'll be recapping the first three weeks of the NFL season. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, so there's previous episodes you can go listen to if you want to go listen to it. It's called Sports and Nonsense. It's on this YouTube channel under the Sports and Nonsense Um playlist and you can also find it on the audio version on spotify itunes Castbox, uh, itunes and Castbox fm which is actually where i post this podcast so if you're listening to this on audio go and listen to sports and nonsense too it's in the same playlist so well be sure to check that out uh, be sure to check out other name pending productions content too i know jimmy put his dd214 commercial up a few weeks ago yeah. but and it's, I've, I've it's still, still funny record... check it out I still have to record some stuff for him, which I don't know if I'm going to have time now that I'm starting school again. So busy, we'll busy see. Time. And I <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing anything at the moment, so I got nothing to plug. But yeah. thank you all for watching. Um, I'm Brittany Gasparino. And I'm Andrew. And thank you for stopping on by the Filmmaker's Basement. Uh, we'll see you all next time. <laughs>